0: Testing. Tara
1: speak. Tara speak. Come on. Come on, Tara speak. Fuck you.
0: (laughs) She did it. Yay. Here, have a treat. It's a cookie. It was
1: good.
0: I had one. Yes. Welcome to Basics (laughs) Nutrients. My name's Adam.
1: My name is Tara.
0: And we are recording from Tara's house today. Yay. So the sound quality is probably really good (laughs) because my house is haunted. (laughs) And that's every time we record there, which is the majority of episodes, they sound like shit. But the ones that we record here are, like, crystal clear. Are
1: you going to cut that out if it's not crystal clear?
0: I mean, it's going to be crystal clear. Hi there. Editing Adam here. Um, So, we addressed this in a couple minutes, uh, the whole sound quality thing, but I just wanted to in for a moment and then let you all know we realize this is ironic when we were recording this last night and realized that we weren't using the right microphone i was like "Eh, it's fine it'll just be muffled it's way worse than i thought i understand we're really sorry about that um during the recap portion you'll hear it get a little bit better and then it'll go back but it'll even all out trust me Anyways, just stay tuned, it'll last for a few more minutes, and then we'll be back to our typical sound quality. But for now, just deal with it. Bye! The sound quality here is real nice, so... (laughs) Um, anyways...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway.
0: Today, we are covering Chapter 12, The would do you care to tell everybody the
1: winner and loser chapter Chapter 11 the loser of the chapter is Snape for encouraging cheating the win is going to harry i know he's like the easy person to give a win to but he really does and you actually mentioned it a lot he deals with a lot of Uh, shit in the chapter it was a
0: rough chapter for harry a good but rough chapter but
1: his instincts even though like they end up fucking him over, his instincts to protect Justin and to do the right thing when he's like looking to tell Justin, hey, that's not what happened. I think it's I think it's admirable. So he gets that win. Very um,
0: nice. Did you write the thing this week?
1: I did write a summary for chapter 12 yay i'm very excited about it
0: me too because i don't get to read anything i don't have to work this episode
1: (laughs) we're going to have a very special guest read my chapter 12 summary and this special guest will be joining us next week on our episode on chapter 13 the Fairy secret diary i thought you were
0: going to say it in unison but i didn't remember what it was anyways as usual yes
1: (laughs) The next voice you hear will be that of one of our favorite Ravenclaws,
0: Stephen Ostertag. Yes, and a Basic Snitch super
1: fan. Can we say that we have super fans? We have at least one. We have
0: 50 subscribers on Spotify. We have super fans. Yes. And Stephen is one of them. (laughs) He is the super fan (laughs) of Basic Snitches. So uh, we will have him read that right now. So take it away, Stephen.
2: Ooh, Harry had to go to the principal's office. Ooh, McGu leaves him alone in Dumbledore's office, which feels like not a great idea. Harry takes this time to try on the sorting hat without permission, and then he stands there doing nothing when a sick bird bursts into flames. And that's when Dumbledore walks in and laughs at a child for his clear discomfort over seeing an animal just burst into flames. Honestly, no wonder Harry doesn't want to talk about hearing voices with him. It's almost Christmas and everyone still thinks Harry is the heir of Slytherin. So most of the students go home for Christmas, leaving the Weasleys and Harry and Draco at Hogwarts. It's double Christmas and Hermione wakes up Ron and Harry by telling them the Polyjuice Potion is ready, but because we need to enjoy some Christmas stuff first. They decide they will be taking the potion after the christmas feast so first we just get to enjoy a little bit of drunk hagrid and fred and george bullying their older brother sounds like christmas to me hermione is the queen of plans and comes up with one so that ron and harry can turn into crab and goyle and somehow that is pulled off without any trouble They all take their potion, but Hermione decides not to go with them. So Ron and Harry trot off looking for the Slytherin common room. Twice they mistake people from other houses as Slytherin only to be found by Malfoy. They all go to the Slytherin common room and being the completely oblivious human he is, Harry plays the part of Goyle well. Even though they start to change back while with Mouthboy, they manage to get back to Moaning Myrtle's bathroom without any problems. Unfortunately for Hermione, the plan didn't quite work and she accidentally used cat hair in her potion, which is why she didn't go with the boys. Also, Myrtle bullies her, which is uh, rude. Oh, and despite Ron's logical assessments earlier, Draco is not the heir of Slytherin. He's just a big old racist asshole.
1: <laughs>
2: Yay! <laughs> we'll talk to you next chapter, see ya. Hooray! Wait, for real. I'm
1: I wrote a very funny outline. Good job, me.
0: Yes. Alright.
1: So the chapter starts with McGonagall taking Harry to Dumbledore's office.
0: Yes. And actually, in the last episode, I talked about how, of course, Harry had a very rough chapter. There were a lot of these accusations flying around. And the beginning of this chapter is so refreshing because he gets to go into Dumbledore's office and immediately he gets kind of a reprieve from Dumbledore. And then also Hagrid kind of bursts in and sticks up for him. But yes, there's this nice little moment with the sorting hat.
1: So Harry is left alone in Dumbledore's office, which, you know, makes so much sense, leaving a child alone in someone's private office. What the fuck? He sees the Sorting Hat and tries it on again, and basically is like, did you make a mistake? The Sorting Hat says no, but you could have been a Slytherin, and you're like, ooh, that's foreboding and all that.
0: Yeah, like, the way the Sorting Hat says it is very much like, no, I stand by what I say. But he still could have been a it doesn't yeah. even, like, really answer his question.
1: Which is the whole point. Yes. We'll revisit again at the end of the book, yeah. which is lovely. I do want to point out the part where it talks about how it just makes him feel sick to hear that again. It mm-hmm. says, Harry's stomach plummeted. He grabbed the point of the hat and pulled it off. It hung limply in his hand, grubby, and faded. Harry pushed it back onto its shelf, feeling sick. You're wrong. He said and then of course what happens now then he hears this gagging behind him and it's a dying bird and he's like oh shit yes
0: one actually other point to that whole thing about feeling bad for harry though it's interesting because he put on this hat for some like clarification and he obviously did not get the clarification but he still is so steadfast in his belief like no Even though I wanted some sort of clarification, I didn't get it. Like, there's no way that I can be a Slytherin in Gryffindor's clothing.
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting thought.
0: It shows his gumption.
1: I mean, it shows how much he doesn't accept the basic traits of Slytherin and how he is like, that can't be me. His instincts are so not that, mm-hmm. but he hears this from the mm-hmm. hat, thing, no you could have been in Slytherin, he's like, I don't Dang.
0: accept it. I talk a lot about like the qualities of houses. Probably every episode I talk about one of the houses and their qualities and a specific character. And I'm interested to explore that more with characters in the future, like Luna mm-hmm. Lovegood comes to mind, uh-huh. um, etc. The two main traits of Slytherin are cunning and ambition. When you think of Harry, he really doesn't have either of them. No, he does not. At all. And now, cunning and cleverness. I don't want to completely, like...
1: Yeah. Like, those are definitely a little bit He's also not a super clever child either. And he doesn't
0: really care about ambition either. Like, he's not completely ambitious. There are some things, of course, that he is, but they're real characters, you know? They're real people. Um, or they're painted like that. Because he's ambitious about, like, Quidditch, for example. Or there's moments like the Mirror of Erisad too, where there's some ambition or some quest for an answer. You know what I mean?
1: I think I think that the sorting hat says it the best in the first book the, about Harry's desire to prove himself. I think that maybe that contains some sort of bit of ambition mm-hmm. or even pridefulness, which is a trait of both Gryffindor and Slytherin. Yeah. So maybe it's that. I'm not really sure. Obviously, we learn so much further down the road where that Slytherin pull really comes from. But I find it fascinating that Harry's instincts are, that is not me.
0: One other thing that you see in terms of, like, traits. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this in the past, how ambition and cunning can be seen as positive things and negative things. Ambition, Mm. I know this from an 18th century novel class I took in college. Ambition is often painted as like a major character flaw in some of the novels written in that era, which is interesting because I think of ambition as a positive thing.
1: Me too.
0: But at the same time, like, okay, look at bravery, which is like the quintessential Gryffindor trait. Yeah. There's positive things about it. Like, it's a good thing to be brave. But there are definitely, like, negative things about it. Like, if you're blindly brave and just go run in traffic.
1: You're being reckless.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, just, like, how blind ambition, which I think you tend to see that a little bit more with Slytherin in the story, is a little bit reckless. So, hey, this is uh, Adam and Tara from the future. Uh, well, sort of the future. It was... <laughs> Five minutes from the future from the last Adam and Tara that you just heard. We probably sound a lot more clear right now. Yes. Uh, That's because, of course, the one time where I'm like, Tara's house has great acoustics, is when I neglected to hook up our nice microphone. So of course we sounded muffled. We should sound better now. And that's also probably why Steven sounded better when he read Tara's recap. Yes. Anyways, so as we were saying Back about to traits, this conversation. And, but yeah, I think that there are a lot of traits that can be construed in positive and negative ways. Absolutely. Essentially, that was the point I was trying to make.
1: Well, then there's a bird that bursts into flames. Oh, uh, I love Fox so much. I do too. And I honestly, I really feel bad for him. Again, this, this actual podcast should be called Tara feels bad for Harry Mm -hmm. because this poor kid has had the shit just thrown on him. You know, he just came across a petrified student and ghost in the hallway. Then the whole school is like, you're fucking attacking students. Then McGonagall takes him to the headmaster's office. Then he's left there alone and he's got all these like sleeping portraits. just, it's like an awkward moment. And then he's like... Oh, hi, I'm going to try on the Sorting Hat. The Sorting Hat doesn't tell him what he wants to hear. And then this bird looks like it's dying and then it bursts into flame. And holy shit, is this kid not traumatized. It
0: even says something in the book about like, of course, the one thing he needed. Yeah, the last this thing here, to die. Yeah, or Something, something similar yeah. to that. The other potential new title of this podcast could be Adam wants to get birds for his house to torment his cats or vice versa. Because this is another bird where I'm like, "Oh, I love fox. I want fox in my Fox." Follows. The whole thing about the phoenix, I think, is just so cool. And well, and
1: Dumbledore comes in literally right after it happens. Yep. And Harry's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't, do, I couldn't do anything. Okay, so listen. Dumbledore. I think it's a little rude of Dumbledore to not apologize for leaving a child unsupervised in his office. I also would like to say... Harry gets a pass for forgetting why he's there in the first place because he just watched a bird, like, burst into flames.
0: Yeah. I um, do think, though, that Dumbledore probably trusts Harry, and I think that's why he put him here. Oh, of it's, course. He's still a child. But
1: Harry but... doesn't know that. Harry's literally like, this bird just burst into flames. I am going to get expelled. What the fuck? Mm. You know? Um, And then, thank you, Hagrid, for coming in. Yes,
0: and then Hagrid bursts in with what? his chicken. <laughs> a uh, rooster. Whatever. His poultry.
1: His one poultry.
0: <laughs> Hagrid just went to KFC. He comes in with his two-piece and a biscuit in between mouthfuls of delicious chicken. He's like, <laughs> Harry Dumbledore. Didn't do it. Harry didn't do shit. you got to <laughs> let him go. And Dumbledore is like, cool it, bitch. I know.
1: Bye. And he's like, okay, I'll leave. Well, first he says to Hagrid, I don't think Harry did it. And mm-hmm. Hagrid leaves. And then Harry's like, oh, you don't think I did this? And he says, no. That's right. But I I still want to talk to you, which is the worst phrase in the English language. Hearing (laughs) I want to talk talk to you is the worst. This poor fucking child. Yes, it's
0: a terrible thing to hear. But I feel like people should say it more often, which would make it not such a terrible thing to hear. Because well, this I think, is true. So, for example, one of my other favorite authors, I actually don't think I've mentioned this person on this podcast yet, is Brene Brown. Brene Brown is a shame researcher, and she has one of the most watched TED Talks ever, and she talks about vulnerability and things like that. And it's very vulnerable to say we should talk. Yeah and i think if people did it more often it wouldn't make it such a bad thing and i imagine in this case dumbledore isn't looking at it as a bad thing
1: no he's not i don't think
0: it's interesting that you say that too because i mean from harry's point of view obviously he has something uh, he doesn't have something to hide but
1: again like as i kept saying this is pretty fraught scene where he was moments before what was going on he's already not feeling comfortable talking about this stuff that his friends are like, mm, that's not normal. Dumbledore literally tells you all the things you need to know about Phoenixes, like at the end of the book. Yeah. Where Harry forgets all of this stuff. <laughs> because, oh, uh, okay, I mean, that's true well, too, look at yeah. what just happened to him. Like, I don't blame him for not remembering all of this at the end of the book when Fox comes to rescue him, you know?
0: So you said Harry isn't uncomfortable, and that also made me think, though, Harry has no reason to be comfortable around Dumbledore yet. No, he doesn't. They they don't have the bond. Like, yes, Dumbledore may trust Harry, but it's not two ways yet. Well,
1: and I think Harry does trust Dumbledore, but that doesn't... Trust and comfort are different things. Yes.
0: Let me kind of rephrase that. I think Dumbledore has the trust and the comfort already. Dumbledore obviously knows way more than Harry does. Yeah. One of the other ways that this entire series can be renamed is that Dumbledore keeps shit from Harry all the time until it's, like, too late. There is no reason for Harry to think at his first time in Dumbledore's office that everything's going to be okay.
1: He literally thinks he's about to get expelled. Yeah. Why it's going to he... the
0: principal's office. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. I never think of Dumbledore as the principal because I know Dumbledore from reading these books. Mm-hmm. and I cherish him as a character you know but and the funny thing is i mentioned this a couple chapters ago because it was the first time i gave dumbledore points we don't see dumbledore a lot in this book yet either so it's almost like a reintroduction to dumbledore and since we're seeing the story through harry's eyes i almost wonder if harry really hasn't seen dumbledore that much either this year
1: you don't see dumbledore much in the first few books yeah
0: When I think of seeing Dumbledore more and more often, I feel like it starts more in, like, book four, book six, Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. So, I don't know. It's good to, like, point out that perspective from Harry.
1: Yeah, we don't get a lot. Then they're all talking about, as we're leading up to Christmas, the new attack, the attack on Justin and Nearly Headless Nick. Mm -hmm. The point about... Like, what could do that to a ghost and why people are more concerned about Nick than Justin (sighs) is because Justin makes sense and you're like, what can hurt what's already dead? That's a really fascinating thing to think about.
0: Exactly. I like that they bring that in there because Harry deserves a little bit of a break. Because while he has this moment in the office, after everything we just talked about, it's still, I think, a little bit of like a, okay, I'm not in trouble. The people who matter know that I don't do this. There's still all these rumors going
1: around. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it's not a pain in the ass. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're he's still, you know, a 12-year-old boy in this school being harassed and people are saying that he's evil and he's doing all these attacks. However, something else that happens during this whole time is friend George. Oh my god. They are using humor to make Harry feel better, which is amazing.
1: I love it. They're a bit much, but I love it. They're
0: a bit much, but... I but think I would is,
1: expect nothing less from them. I would
0: expect nothing less from them. This is also my first favorite Fred and George moment. Because they've already been, you know, set up as being, you know, fun characters here. But they are taking on this bigger brother role, I think, for Harry. And Harry is understanding that they're doing it in a sarcastic way. I think it is such a great friendly support for Harry that he needs...
1: I think it's really important to remember that Fred and George are only a couple years older than them. Yeah. And they are, after we create that, as people like to call them, silver trio in the fifth book with Neville and Luna and Jenny, outside of them, Fred and George are the next most important children. Yeah. And honestly, like, they get more page time than Luna.
0: Yeah. Totally. That's something I always wish is that we got more of Luna earlier. It makes sense when she's introduced. We'll talk about that in book five. Yeah, but, <laughs> but
1: but honestly, Fred and George are absolutely minor side characters. But they're like this tier one side character. Yeah, like I think of like Madame Hooch is like a tier two side character. Mm-hmm. Crab and Goyle are like tier two side characters. But whatever, like how you want to define all that, I don't give a well, shit. But Fred and George are so present.
0: What is very apparent to me, too, in these early books is that one of the twins dies. Spoiler alert, we, we handled that in the last episode. You don't expect spoilers. Wait, why is
1: that apparent? Not
0: apparent, but it's something that I'm always trying to, like, look at. Knowing that one of the twins dies at the end of the
1: series. What does that have to do with this?
0: Appreciating them more
1: oh, when they're here, Okay.
0: I think when Fred dies, it is something that a lot of people resonated with people react to that in a specific way and the fact that he's up there um and george is attached to that is important it shows that they have some sort of levity within this series and that they're important characters yeah so i like that you said like ranking them as you know a specific tier or something i like to organize information y'all know this you heard me talk about excel in the past maybe i'll create an excel sheet of like the definitive ranking of harry potter characters So Um, we can
1: argue about it?
0: exactly maybe you'll get a special episode maybe that's a big maybe (laughs) that requires a lot of work that
1: sounds terrible (laughs)
0: Yeah. a joke that I have is that I have like definitive ranking of desserts but I'm a pie person so like pie is definitely above cake but cake is above cupcake because who wants that little amount of cake like if you're gonna go to cake like get a whole fucking cake you know what I mean?
1: I like cupcakes
0: I like cupcakes too because cupcakes then is above like banana bread fuck banana bread banana bread isn't a dessert fight me But then I hope that a whole different (laughs) Ranking of frozen desserts Like have you ever had baked Alaska
1: This is wild
0: (laughs) I've never had this conversation with you No Girl Let's talk about desserts sometime If you are interested in knowing about my dessert preferences And you want to hear me and Tara argue about it Comment below or however that works for podcasts. So anyways, I like that whole conversation about friend George. And right in this moment too, it is such a good moment for them. I really, really enjoy it. They're
1: just very present and yeah. I really appreciate that. Can I read this for you? So it's Christmas, right? Well, it's about to be Christmas. Mm-hmm.
0: Triple Christmas.
1: Triple Christmas.
0: Now, last season we called this double Christmas because it's Christmas at Hogwarts time. And the Hogwarts time is Christmas. Mm-hmm. But we're also now recording this episode. Again, you're getting it like mid January or something. It might almost be February. Who the fuck knows? But for us, it is literally a week before Christmas. Yes, so
1: triple Christmas. Triple Christmas,
0: motherfuckers. Anyways. So this
1: is one of my favorite passages from any of the books ever. At last the term ended, and a silence deep as the snow on the grounds descended on the castle. Harry found it peaceful rather than gloomy and enjoyed the fact that he, Hermione and the Weasleys had the run of Gryffindor Tower. I just love that time that Mm -hmm. they're focusing on them. I also love the description of, so I don't love snow. It's, Mm -hmm. It's cold and it's hard to drive in and I don't like having wet shoes. But I do love looking out the window and seeing it. I do love when it's like, Recently snowed, but then the temperature's gone up enough that like the snow isn't melting, but the sun is out and I can go on a wintertime hike in my boots and just like walk out and it's just like clear, white, pretty and clean. I love that. So this just made me think of it.
0: I don't know if I could have said that better. We both love nature. We both like doing hikes. The way that you said that was so perfect. The only thing I think I would add is there's something about after a new fresh snowfall it smells a certain way
1: it smells very clean yeah
0: as you know we're at tara's house and tara's roommate steve went to go get the pizza and they left the door open and i was like "Ooh, it smells like winter outside yeah (laughs) and it was that same thing there's something so great about it and crisp but at the same time hogwarts is a beautiful place they have full run of Gryffindor Tower. Ugh, I love that.
1: I love that so much. So, the Weasleys all decide to stay at Hogwarts rather than go to Egypt with their parents to visit Bill. You're fucking doing it wrong. Go to Egypt.
0: So, yes, I have a fascination with Egypt. I have
1: a fascination with being anywhere but here.
0: But (laughs) they're at Hogwarts, though.
1: They They can come back to Hogwarts. Egypt! But I'm the fact saying. that
0: they have a family member with connections in Egypt, they'll probably get that to happen sometime. <laughs> I also wonder, True, like, following up on, like, just talking about the Weasleys twins, I wonder if they're there to, like, support Harry.
1: Well, I think they probably are. Yeah. Well, and Percy's like, we're here. To, I'm here to support the teachers and stuff. Percy, you're there to be with your girlfriend. Yeah. Because she there, too.
0: Mhm. It's Christmas morning, something that I of course love. We talked about this in the last season with like the flute and the all the gifts that he gets from everybody. Mm-hmm. In this instance, there's the same thing of gifts. He gets like the treacle fudge, he gets the fresh quill mm-hmm. from Hermione. I like the description of all of those different things I do and too. how like personal they all are. Of course Hagrid gives him rocks because at this point Hagrid only assumes that harry likes to eat rocks because he keeps coming <laughs> down and eating rocks one other thing hermione gets into the boys dorm room
1: yes how the fuck did you do that
0: aren't the ch- stairs that's enchanted?
1: explained later i think in one of the other later books that the girls can get into the boys dormitory but the boys can't get into the girls dormitory
0: oh perhaps i
1: can't remember which book but i'm pretty sure it's explained in one of the books huh sounds well, like what are you doing in here and I'm like, Ron, she just brought you a present. Yeah. Don't be mad.
0: There's another lady who comes into the dorm room. Oh. That's Hedwig. Hedwig. That is Hedwig's her dorm She lets
1: those five boys live there. The
0: way that, like, this whole exchange happens. Oh, you're back. And Hedwig's like, yes, I am. And nibbles on his ear. I really love that. Birds. Ugh.
1: Love Hedwig. I know a
0: lot of people who don't like birds, but this series has a lot of cool birds in it.
1: Notice the absence of Canadian geese in this series. Well, that's true, too. Canadian geese are assholes.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Stephanie. Or Canadian. She's our yeah, she's Canadian. not
1: an asshole. Canadian geese are assholes. I
0: know, but they're like, the, I don't know, the Canadian national bird or something, right?
1: Yeah. Canadians are nice, so they have to have an asshole bird. Probably. I don't, I don't know. Anyways.
0: <laughs> so, Hermione is showing a lot of this. We've talked about Hermione having Slytherin traits in the past. She has a lot of ambition towards the Polyjuice Potion plan. She got a um,
1: plan. Don't get in her way. And
0: we've already talked about this, so we don't need to go super deep into it. But, like, Ron is showing a lot of hesitation. And part of it, I think, is, we even talked about this in the last episode, all three of them are like, look, we don't want to get in any more trouble than we've already been in after this car situation. And But Hermione's preparation is also really, really good. It's really good. Ron even says, like, How many flaws are here? Like, there are so many ways that this could go wrong. He's not wrong. I mean... Like, and good on Ron, because Ron usually doesn't think things through.
1: But Ron is watching his ass for the reasons you just mentioned.
0: There's a lot of growth. We've already talked so much about this, but there's so much growth in Ron, and I think it bears repeating. And of course, it doesn't backfire until it does, and this is where i'm of course jumping ahead of it it kind of bites hermione in the ass
1: yeah it kind of does yeah but the first part of the plan goes off perfectly other than ron and harry committing minor assault on fellow classmates truthfully <laughs> that's
0: they drag them into it like, like in a I'm room like, closet okay well yeah that happened with the cupcakes and everything at uh, least
1: they got to eat cupcakes before they I were guess so shoved in a closet
0: yep too bad it's not cake though Cause who wants just a little piece of cake?
1: I think it is a cake. They
0: call everything cakes. Already, I know they really. Right? Do, okay. You're
1: not wrong. If you call li- them two plump chocolate cakes.
0: Yeah, I think they were probably like still like smaller cakes, like probably. little personal cakes, which is you know. Delicious. I'm talking dessert rankings here. Cupcakes, UK cakes, normal fucking cakes, and then pies. <laughs> like if they got pies, girl, like I'm right there with them. Like if I see floating pies, I'm like yes, bitch. <laughs> For my birthday next year, Tara, I want floating pies.
1: We'll see what happens. Yeah. Guess what's not going to happen. Start
0: practicing Wingardium Leviosa now.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So
0: that all goes well. They create the potion. The description of the potion and, like, Mm -hmm. when they put the hair in it and how it, like... Changes different colors, I think is super interesting. Can
1: we talk about how crabs definitely sounds the least disgusting based on color?
0: One of them turned like a murky brown. One turned yellow.
1: And one turned the color of a booger. Yeah, crabs, crab's. is the one that's murky brown. Right? Yes. Like that one sounds like maybe... See,
0: I feel like the yellow one wouldn't be terribly bad, but which one was that? But
1: was that Goyle? Millicent Bolstrom. Oh,
0: see maybe it turned yellow because it wasn't actually a Millicent Blue and it was like that
1: could be that
0: like a stoplight like it caution
1: it, sur- it turned a sick sort of yellow if it was just like yellow and it looked like Mountain Dew or something I'd be like okay but a sick sort of yellow sounds like I'm not gonna drink that
0: how is a sick sort of yellow not the color of Mountain Dew
1: I don't know I don't like Mountain Dew either. <laughs> the description is sick sort of yellow which makes me go no thanks
0: don't eat the yellow snow <laughs> But I like that each person's hair Having a
1: different has color. a different
0: color. Of course, they, when they drink it, Hermione <laughs> says, Just go, leave me behind.
1: Right. So they go and they're like, Where's the Slytherin Common Room? And they see this girl coming and they're like, We've got the way to our common room. And she's a bitch. She's like, Excuse me, our common room? No, no, no. I'm a <gasps> That's right. Oh and I'm God. like, You are a prefect, which means you need to help the younger students and not be an asshole.
0: So they have that run in with Penelope.
1: So disappointed.
0: That's a really great point. Then they have this run in with Percy. I think the thing that I focus on in all of these instances, though, is them not breaking character because they do it a lot. First of all, again, they're 12 year old boys. Yeah. But also like having to completely change themselves into something completely I think completely it's fun. Different.
1: I really love this scene. <laughs> I do appreciate Harry's instinct to be like, oh, I'm going to apologize to Percy, and then he stops himself yeah. from doing that. Can we talk about the Slytherin common room and their fucking password? Yeah. It is a good thing that that common room is really hard to f- figure out where it is because it's just a stretch of wall.
0: Because anybody who's trying Your to do Slytherin. blood?
1: Are you kidding me? How do you forget that password? Honestly, if you know where the Slytherin common room is and knowing how like fucking stupid their passwords are... I feel like Ron and Harry can get real
0: and real easy. Yeah, I mean, Cabot Draconis, so much more difficult. Gryffindor.
1: Well, I feel also people know where the Fat Lady is, so maybe theirs are harder. But still, like now these fuckers know where the Common Room is. Yeah.
0: Now, this whole thing with Draco, leading up to this, the whole time I was like, they're in for a lot of disappointment, because obviously Draco is not the heir of Slytherin. But something else I really enjoy is that after the fact, they still get information out of it, and Mm -hmm. Ron is still like, hey, we still got some info. This is true. Because not only does it dispel the red herring that I've been talking about, Mm -hmm. of Lucius Malfoy and everything, and they're still... We've talked about this. They're still somewhat right about that, but the whole backstory of what happened the last time that this was opened—that that is really amazing.
1: But also, literally, is this all Malfoy does is talk about how terrible people right. are? Get a fucking life.
0: So something else that I wrote down. What I said is the way that Draco talks is entitled, but he's still like a young kid, and it's almost in the way that a kid repeats everything their parents say without understanding what the repercussions are.
1: He literally hopes for another student to be murdered. He's a piece of shit. Well, he is.
0: At the same time, (laughs) in this instance, I tried to put myself a little bit more into the mindset of Draco, which is in a wonderful place, of course. He's being force-fed this stuff from Lucius and Narcissus. Absolutely. You know? so, and Hoping the, for the
1: death of another student, though, is too far.
0: Yes, it is. But it's in such an entitled way. Being brought up with the Malfoys, I wonder if this is just, like, ingrained in him as his communication style. Probably. Like, all he can do, his entire frame of reference, is just talk about and boast about how rich he is, how pure blood they are, and to put down anything that doesn't fit within that mold.
1: That's really important.
0: um really does remind me of when they're in Madame Malkins at the beginning of the series. Yeah,
1: that's a really good point.
0: I'm not trying to say anything that he's saying is good. No, 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 either. I know.
1: But what you're saying makes a lot of sense.
0: Because the way that he even talks is feels so unnatural. Like he goes yeah. right into it almost unprovoked. How often is he constantly prattling on about this? And how often are the Slytherins who aren't evil Getting sick of Draco's shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. We're not to the movie part yet, but he's in the Slytherin common room and he steals something that doesn't belong to him and he's like fiddling with it. That alone tells me that like he doesn't fucking care who he's fucking with. No,
1: he doesn't like, care.
0: There's gotta be some Slytherins who are like this little fucking Oh my
1: god, bitch. yes.
0: You know? I paid really attention to like how he was talking in this instance because he's talking to people who are... Allegedly, his friends. Now, obviously, he's not thinking. Draco doesn't think. <laughs>
1: no. I mean, it, my favorite is when he's like, whoever it was is probably still an Azkaban and Harry doesn't know what Azkaban is. And he's like, Goyle, you're an idiot. And I was like...
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I so that actually... laugh
1: at that every time. That
0: but, totally brings me into kind of like the next thing. So... The one more thing about Azkaban, I like this because the reader doesn't really understand what Azkaban is yet either.
1: It's really great. So that's
0: very smart.
1: We're going to find out in a minute anyway. And
0: this is another hypothetical where, like, I feel like I kind of know the answer, but I want your opinion on it. I wrote, Why are Kreven, Goyle, and Slytherin, other than being pureblood and children of dark wizards, they're not cunning or ambitious? And I truly think it's because... They're not gonna end up in Hufflepuff or Gryffindor or Ravenclaw based on who they are. They're not kind. They're not smart. They're not brave. I think they literally put them in Slytherin because it's like, well, they're not cunning or ambitious either, but they're children of dark wizards, and they're well. They wild. have to go somewhere, yeah. you know.
1: And we learn a little more about it when we're in the sixth book. We're learning about Voldemort and all people followers. around followers. That's like, what, that's I was what they about are. This they're, too. they're definitely followers, and they also are bullies. They like bullying mm-hmm. people. I think if Malfoy weren't around to tell them what to do or who to bully that they would just walk through the halls and shove people like Colin Creepy down the stairs or something. Well,
0: yeah, and there, there's bullies in other houses too. Cormac yeah. McLaggen, Zacharias Smith.
1: That being said, I don't like the idea that Slytherins are bullies but I think that their instinct to like...
0: Like yeah. I said, it's the dark wizard. If the sorting hat is like looking at all of their different traits, it's like, well... I don't know. They're not going to be in the, these other three. They have more of the traits that sort of yeah. fit them in there. Because Maybe they
1: also asked to be in Slytherin. Maybe the Sorting Hat That's was, true. Like,
0: That's true. was like,
1: oh, you're going to go into Hufflepuff. And mm. Crab is like, I don't want to be in Hufflepuff. They're all fucking idiots or so something. So what I
0: was going to say, because the Sorting Hat song says something like, all the rest go to Hufflepuff, yeah. something along that line. This is totally a case for... Hufflepuff doesn't always get all the rest. Sometimes Slytherin gets all the rest too. Or
1: Gryffindor or Ravenclaw. There may
0: be instances where they don't fit any of the traits, but they fit best in another house. Exactly. So, I don't know. It's another one of my like. And another
1: reminder of Harry being like, well, this is where I want to be. I bet other people do that. Mm -hmm. I bet you at least one Weasley did that.
0: Yeah, sure. Maybe Percy? I can see Percy maybe wanting to be in Ravenclaw.
1: Percy was probably gonna be put in Slytherin he's like, Oh I couldn't be in Slytherin. Oh see,
0: I was thinking that Percy was gonna Well, no, that's a good point. He sure. has the ambitious and the cunning. Yeah. Earlier in this book we saw him in like that secondhand wizard shop reading a book about prefix to the of who, yeah. power. So, yeah, that's a good point. Honestly, now, I know we haven't reached the end of the chapter, but I wrote down Basically no more at notes. the end of the chapter. Essentially, they start turning back into their cells. And they're
1: like, fuck, we gotta go. And they yeah. run back. Myrtle is, for whatever reason, like, delighted suddenly because she can bully Hermione, which yeah. is real fucking rude. It
0: is rude. I still love Myrtle. I know but... you
1: do. Hermione had digestive cat hair, not a Millicent Bulstrode hair. So now... She a cat.
0: Which, honestly, like, if I had to choose between those two hairs...
1: Right? So, I'm yeah. sure I
0: have digested several cat hairs, you oh, know, right? and living you haven't with two, we? Childs, two childs. Two childs. That's what I just said. And yeah, that's pretty much the chapter. Yeah. I had already told you this. I think the movie does a great job here.
1: I agree. A few little differences that I noticed because this is just what we do. Fox looks way better in the movie than described in the book. Yeah. Like it's it sounds like he's looks like he should be like disgustingly look disgusting yeah. looking yeah. and he's not. The scene in Dumbledore's office is pretty great. Also seeing Dumbledore's office is so cool.
0: Yes. So something I said to you, I noticed it a little bit more in this chapter, but I've been kind of meaning to say it for a while now. This movie has
2: beautiful
0: shots of Hogwarts. Yes. that bathroom is beautiful. In the book, it even talks about the bathroom being more hit than it is in the movie. Like, yeah, that bathroom is gorgeous. Dumbledore's office. I feel like at some point on this podcast, I said something like, "I wanted my house to look like X, Y, Z on Halloween because it's like terrifying." But then when they come to my door, they get all like the good candy, mm. and and every other day of the year. I do want my house to look like it looks office. great it's really really cool also the music the music's um,
1: fantastic the fox
0: theme is one of my favorite parts of the entire soundtrack of all the movies but then also the christmas music which we do get in this chapter we get,
1: yeah we get the christmas music we don't get to have much christmas stuff which mm-hmm. is fine because we're focused on the apologies potion yeah
0: like last book at Christmas time, we did see a little Christmas moment, etc.
1: There are a lot of yeah. people in the movie. Yeah,
0: a lot of people and it's are saying that. Like, they're for
1: just saying that, oh, you know, people are rushing to get out of Hogwarts. And I was like, yeah, there are so many
0: people in this movie. In the book, there was like a stampede to get to yeah. the Hogwarts Express. Yeah. Uh, Not the, movie the movie says no. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that just goes to how many students are at Hogwarts. The scene where they steal Crabbe and Goyle's hair. Mm hmm is very well executed. Yeah, In the book, they like just put them on the banister. Then they see them and they take them and eat them because they're mm. dumb. And in the movie, Harry levitates them because Ron goes to do it. But Harry's like, nah, probably not with your broken wand, so don't do that. And they're just like, Oh yeah, and they're carrying all these cakes and I was commenting. I was like, Crab is balancing a lot of cakes there. Yeah. He's got exactly. some good cake holding skills.
0: We commented the um, same thing that we said about like the architecture, the Slytherin Common Room. I love it. He's
1: really, really cool. Yeah. I love the interaction between Percy and Harry and Ron as Crab and Goyle. I think that it's really well done. And again, I'll always say this anytime we can get Chris Rankin in the movies. Yeah.
0: There is that other little moment of the glasses where he's like, Oh my the gosh,
1: yeah, the added and... thing where Draco's like, Why are you glasses? And I just like, read it. I didn't know you could read. I was like, Yes.
0: I love that. In fact, I was going to say something about like, we don't get Harry's sass from the last. Chapter We don't
1: the actors who play Craven Goyle. So, I'm sure people have probably seen like the articles and the pictures and things about how in the last movie when Helena Bonham Carter plays Hermione playing, I was gonna say that exact same thing. I was like, she's brilliant, she's also like a classically trained, brilliant, yeah, well known actress. These two children do a really good job of acting like the
0: original actor. Acting as Crabbe and Goyle as the other characters. I, I think it's that they do great. a great job. I'm I am 100% agree. I really
1: do. Even in the stuff where it's just Malfoy talking and you're watching them watch him. I'm like, they do a really good job.
0: It's pretty cool.
1: I'm a huge fan. I, I will say that when they're like changing back, the scar looks pretty cool on Goyle. What the fuck is up with the, the hair? Red hair? The hair that is not what Ron's yeah. hair looks like. The other still. thing,
0: when you say that, when Harry is turning into Goyle, at first it doesn't look so great. It like looks a bubbles, little hokey, but but then when the face starts like transforming, that is great. It's really pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah and then we also commented at the very end when we see cat hermione why isn't that fucking creepy cats trailer why didn't they go that route
1: yeah because that looks better than the cats trailer
0: seriously so i mean even though we are now like a decade after these movies were made maybe technology hasn't changed so much or maybe we even mentioned this why don't they just make the movie actual cats i would rather watch that
1: just cats i would watch it too we like cats also just because we have to talk about her again myrtle's great i hate her in this chapter because she's such a bully to hermione especially after hermione literally kicked ass the whole chapter yeah. to make this happen yeah. and i'm like Ugh.
0: It but sucks.
1: i love the actress who plays myrtle she's Me just great too. so
0: yeah i agree it's
1: a good chapter
0: i i took completely it's <laughs> a
1: really good chapter they do a nice job in the movie with it i agree
0: Yes. I feel like I said agree a million times right there.
1: I like being agreed with.
0: Yes. You said a lot of awesome things this episode. You say a lot of things that are great every episode. But Thanks. There are a lot of points that I gave. Okay. Um, and not a lot that I took away. So very similar to the last chapter, I'm giving 10 points to Harry, Hermione, and Ron. There's a lot of teamwork. There's a lot of balancing out how they feel about the Polyjuice Potion plan. For example, Ron kind of being like, I'm a little hesitant, you know, has she thought things through? And of course she did, for the most part, think things through. The balance between the three of them is really wonderful. There was showing some vulnerability. I talked a little bit about that for a different situation in Dumbledore's office. However, they do show a lot of trust and vulnerability with one another. You can really see their relationship growing. And then, even after the fact, Ron looks on the bright side. We don't know who the heir of the Slytherin is, but here's the new bits of information we know. Right. Plus, into Dumbledore, for mostly just being there,
1: <laughs> I think. I don't great. We don't get a lot of him at first. So we don't. Tonight.
0: Him kind of believing in Harry, and even though it doesn't really come across to Harry that he's being trusted and everything. Right. You no, know, Dumbledore has his big plan. Plus 10 to Hagrid for coming in and saving him. And just being Hagrid. And just being Hagrid, he's there. Plus five to Fox, because I love Fox. I already talked about that, but Fox is great. Plus five to Fred and plus five to George for using humor as well. I really, really enjoyed that. I love humor. Yes. And they use it in the best way to be a good friend to Harry. And then negative points. Uh, Negative five to Draco. He's just a blathering idiot. I think at this point we all know that he's a dick. He's a supremacist. And I don't like it. But I think in the way that he's just kind of like talking on and on. And it's more just like him peacocking. It sucks. We don't like Draco here at the basic snitches. Compound. And then (laughs) we have a compound now. Originally, I was not taking points away from this person, but Tara also kind of persuaded me to without realizing that she did. Negative five, Penelope Clearwater, because. She is a prefect. Like, she should be doing what Percy did and kind of be like, what the hell are you doing here? And, like, get them back to their common rooms. And, of course, Draco eventually comes and, like, takes them away anyways. But Penelope probably could have handled that a little bit better without just being like, I'm a Rating class," um, And that's I'm taken away. So.
1: Nice. Plus 10
0: to Harry, Hermione, Ron, Dumbledore, and Hagrid. Plus 5 to Fox, Fred, and George. And negative 5 from Draco and Penelope. And that's it. That's it. Next time, we will be exploring chapter 13. The Very, the very Secret, secret diary. diary with
1: special guest, Stephen Ostertag. Ostertag.
0: So that will be fun.
1: Yes, so please listen. Please Next listen.
0: Continue to listen. I, yes. hope, I hope you're not. This isn't This like, is the only episode you listen uh, oh, to. Oh, they finally like fucked up their mic thing. Hey. If we're in chapter 12 of book two, this is, I think, going to be episode 32. And this is the first time that I fucked up actually, like, switching on the right mic. I called that a win. We all have flaws just like the characters in this book. Because we're actually real people.
1: I'm not a real people. I'm just kidding. She's been a
0: hologram the whole time. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Basic Snitches is produced and recorded by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery, edited by Adam Bowers, and
0: published by Tara Corkery via Podbean, and now available for download wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: A special thanks to all of you for taking the time to download and listen to us. We hope you enjoyed us. If you enjoyed us, please be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice.
0: And if you didn't enjoy us, then we're sorry you're so angry. Please also connect with us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at basic snitches or email us at basic at gmail.com.
1: We're excited to get more feedback from our listeners and to hear what you have to say about the questions and discussions we have on the podcast. Catch, Catch you later, later, snitches! snitches!